0: Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Young Black Equestrians, the podcast. Today we have a special bonus episode, an interview with Jordan Allen from the Plaidcast, which is a podcast hosted on the Horse Radio Network. We were sent or contacted by some members of the Plaidcast and they wanted to share the interview with Jordan Allen with us. And we will be hopefully featured on their podcast in the future. So, this episode is an interview by Tanya Johnson with Jordan Allen, an amazing working student and hunter. I'm pretty sure she's a hunter. It's amazing. It's amazing. She is so humble and she works so hard to do what she does. We shared a video of her on our Facebook page not too long ago. So, Check out this episode, let us know what you think, and check out the podcast on the Horse Radio Network. You are listening to Young Black Equestrians, the podcast, with your hosts, Aubriana Johnson and Caitlin Gooch.
1: This is the Horse Radio Network.
2: This is episode 114 of the podcast, brought to you by Summit Joint Performance, Vitalize, Sales Paddock, AIG, Springtime Supplements, and BetterHelp. I'm Tanya Johnston, mental skills coach, and this is Inside Your Ride. Today, I'm excited to welcome top junior rider Jordan Allen. Jordan is a working student for Ashland Farms and was third in last week's $100,000 WCHR Palm Beach for Spectacular. Hi, Jordan. Thank you so much for joining me today on the show. Hi, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you taking the time, and it's fantastic to speak with you, and I'm really excited to hear about your experiences, especially congratulations on your WCHR Spectacular. and oh, thank how, how you. Great it was an exciting night.
1: Oh my Thank gosh!
2: Thank you. Yeah. You were Those such stuff. a good boy. Yeah, and I and I think I read that that was your first night class. Yes, well, one of my first I think Fine, before
1: I've first. done a class that ran super late, so it felt like yeah. one. But that was my first <laughs> real
2: night class, and for sure my first time doing a hundred spectacular down here. Right. Oh, that's so great! I'm so happy for you. How exciting! And I just Thank know you. that that you worked really hard. As I've as I've sort of gotten to know and read up on you a bit of how long you've been in the sport and how hard you work at it. And, and maybe you could sort of take us through sort of just your sort of riding history and when you started. And I know you're a working student now and, you know, have worked really hard to get where you are. Maybe you could share with us sort of what it took to kind of go each step up the ladder a little bit.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Well, first, it means so much. I started riding when I was seven years old. My mom took me out to a farm near our house. And I took my first lesson on a pony for my birthday, and I fell in love ever since. And I started um, first by doing really small C-circuit shows. They were one-day shows. You didn't braid. You It was very relaxed, and I Thank never envisioned yeah. myself being able to do what I'm doing now. Um, and really, each year, I just saw um, how much more I wanted it. And I had always been so fond of reading and watching videos of all the best in the sport. And I always imagined, you know, one day I'd be showing down here doing the Hunter's foot track. I've watched it since I was like ten years old, so it's really amazing. I am so grateful wow. to have been able to do it.
2: Yeah. So you had big dreams then as a youngster. Oh my gosh! Absolutely. I've watched like I know every single video of like horsepower, <laughs> Rose McQuaid. <McClay. laughs> All the videos, right. all the best. right, right. That's fantastic. So, how do you think that those sort of dreams and and aspirations? How did you sort of take those, or maybe you were mentored through that process of just taking those dreams and and making them goals that you then could sort of chip away at and and work towards? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I first
1: think that I just. I always make a goal. I make weekly goals every week, depending on who I'm showing, what I'm showing in. And even when I was younger, I always had so much support, not just financially, but um, emotionally with my parents and my trainers. And I really don't think I'd be here if it weren't for my friends and my family and all the professionals. Mm-hmm. So each week I'd say I make important goals for myself, one realistic and one maybe a little bit um of a reach, but I try to achieve the realistic one and come as close as possible to the reach goal.
2: Right. And so what would be an example? So what would be a realistic goal? Is it something that's, you know, I talk a lot about having outcome goals. Like I want to be champion this week versus Absolutely. I want to get straight out at the, every corner that I ride this horse this week. You know what I mean? Like, so that's more in your control. Right. And,
1: and like I said, I, I'm able to show a lot of different horses. So mm-hmm. it really just depends on the week. But like right. the week, I would say my goal, because B's be so incredible and he knows the job so well and he's done the class before, was to originally be champion of reserve so that I could get in. Right. And then um, as I kept going, my goal kept changing. So I was <laughs> like, oh, I got in because he was amazing. And then my goal was to make it back to the second round, which I was like so excited about that. And then my goal was to be like, top three or top four when I saw that. It was possible. So it was so exciting. And not every, it doesn't always work like that by any means. So right, it's right. exciting
2: to be able to reach that goal. So do you have then a balance? Like, so obviously, I mean, not, or, or maybe not, but a lot of times when you focus on outcome goals, they can create a lot of pressure and stress. So I'm, I'm imagining, you tell me, at the back gate, you're not necessarily thinking, okay, I need to win this class to be champion right? Right. Absolutely. But a little bit, I've been doing this
1: for so long and I really have such a personality that pressure almost makes Mm. me work harder and try harder. So I feel that sometimes when I don't set these goals for myself, even if I know I won't accomplish them, something in me, I don't know if the drive isn't as strong because I'm not thinking that's the goal, but it's very important to me and my riding to have things to look forward to and to in the end right
2: right they get you a little bit so it sounds like you ride better you ride better when you're a little bit sort of energized and like challenged by the prospect of a big outcome goal right right I see yeah absolutely and so that's the the important thing is that you know yourself that well right that you're aware of that when did you when do you remember sort of that transition between being the the chill c-circuit rider to the person who thrives under pressure that's quite a That's quite a journey, I would imagine.
1: Oh, yes. I remember it like the back of my hand. It was probably (laughs) 2000, I would say 13 or 14. And it was one of my first years down here in Wellington and in the Michigan Circuit. I went to all of those shows and they were um, A shows, but I was pretty competitive. I would say I was always one of the top in the classes. I had um, one of the best horses, and coming down here was the biggest. Mm. reality. Right. I came down kind of with the same anticipation to be, you know, top four in most of the classes. And it was a quick, you know, courses are harder. The riders are better. The horses are nicer. It was, oh my gosh, I had to change my whole mindset and change my Mm. work ethic. Right.
2: So you changed your work ethic and and worked harder and realized, Well, then maybe it was more naturally sort of challenging in a way of getting you even more kind of dialed in, it would sound.
1: Oh, absolutely. And my goals aren't even every week so much a ribbon per se, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just, it's small things. Like even you said straightness or Mm -hmm. I have things I need to work on position wise. Oh my gosh. Immensely. I think I could set my position up. So each week I work on, you know, riding a certain number of horses without stirrups or, um, so that's, that's more my goal lately. It's been not so much ribbon wise,
2: but, right. um, more pinpoint focused on my position. Right. right, right. On your position. Exactly. And then, and then do you give yourself feedback on that when you watch your videos? Like, do you look oh and my say, wow. yes. yeah,
1: the videos are
2: so important to
1: watch. And honestly, the bad ones more than the good, it's nice mm. to watch the good videos and see everything come together, but I think it's more important to watch the bad ones and try not mm. to make. Same mistake too many Mm -hmm. times Mm because it's obviously hard. A lot of riding, especially having done it this long, comes naturally. So a lot of my bad habits are natural, and it's really hard to break them. And so that's what I'm working on most now. Like I said, with position is
2: breaking some of those bad habits. Mm -hmm. And how do you? I know a lot of people struggle when they watch the videos of their not so good rounds when they end up just beating up on themselves instead of taking it as a learning. How do you translate? maybe it's any disappointment you have or frustration and make sure that it's that you're using it productively.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely the hardest. But like I said, I just think it works into hard work and every mm-hmm. single time I have watched the video and seen what I need to do. It just, I try and engrave it in my mind for the next time I ride to focus mm-hmm. on that. Even if that's my only goal for the whole time I'm riding that horse, it's gotta be to focus on what I struggle with, which I struggle. I mean, I making it sound like I don't still have these problems. I struggle every day with it. But yeah, you can't beat up on yourself too much. I mean, that's the sport. If we were all perfect,
2: there would be no competition.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Absolutely. And it would be kind of boring, I think. Yeah, right. Right. It wouldn't be as exciting when you get that that sensation and that satisfaction of improving and doing something better than you did last week. That's really exciting and rewarding. So I I'd absolutely oh my gosh, agree.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: What What is your preparation routine like you know mentally what do you do for yourself as far as do you have anything you know that gets you focused Do you visualize Is there, are there things that stand out to you that are important
1: so like I said since I'm um able to ride different horses if I'm showing a horse that I haven't ridden much before I like to watch videos of the horse even if it's not with me on it I've always watched I love to watch videos of the rounds when I go home hmm. so I'll have watch the horse and know how they go a little bit. Um, I try not to get too nervous, but if I do, I like to listen to music a lot in the morning, which mm-hmm. is hard. But even when we hack in the rings in the morning, it really calms me down to listen to music. I try to have like a granola bar in the morning because if I don't, yeah. eat, I'll, I won't be strong enough. So right. I have a couple of morning rituals, but I try to just focus on the task and,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I talk to my mom every single morning. I like couldn't go through a day without talking to my mom.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's nice. And is she super supportive and and just encouraging? Oh, my gosh. And my dad as well. I
1: have like the greatest parents of all time. It's hard because they can't be down here much. They work a lot. But Mm. I talk to my mom 20 times a day. And my best friend, Adam, as well. I just think it's so important to have friends and family
2: in this sport. Yes. And, and I think that that also is such a great way to keep you grounded and reminding yourself that people love you regardless of how you do on a given day, you know, that Oh it's not, my gosh,
1: yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And like
1: you were just saying the beating up on yourself, I think it's so important to have these friends and family. And that's why my parents, like I said, are my best friends and I can always call my mom, but sometimes you need your friends too. Like, <laughs> and, and all my right. friends, it's like, you know, your parents, that's their job. So hearing it from someone that's not <laughs> your parents helps too. Right. Especially someone who's also doing this for, you know, like right have the highs and the lows of this too. So it's important to have people to talk to about it.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And help you gain perspective. And that's why
1: I'm also so lucky to have Ken and Emily. They're like a second family to me. I mean, I would come to them for anything and it does mm-hmm. get stressful, especially um, with riding a lot of different horses and you just mm-hmm. have to every day at the end of the day, just think about that this is all fun and everyone (laughs) has mistakes and the horses are always perfect (laughs) (laughs) right right
2: how well and speaking of that the 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 riding the multiple horses how did that evolve how did your catch riding skills grow was that something you were always good at or do you did you was it tell me about the beginning of when you first started getting offered rides what was that like
1: Um, I by no means think I was always good at it. I don't even really think I'm good at it now. I just think I'm, it's really Ashland and Mm. all the people that have given me opportunities to ride so many different horses that it comes luckily more like second nature. I mean, being a working student, I'm so lucky to have so many different horses to ride. And it just becomes, you get used to not knowing them. you get used to being able to do a round on one you don't know as well. And I'm just lucky that I've been able to practice that so much at home with them.
2: Mm-hmm. I actually had a listener question for you from Springfield, Massachusetts. And it was sort of about that in the sense that I think this is probably someone who's a junior. And she said, I've, I've just started getting offered some catch rides and my trainer says I'm riding too tight on them. I'm having trouble because I don't want to let anyone down. I'm so grateful to have the opportunities. How do you handle the pressure of riding for other people when you don't want to mess up? That was her question. Oh my gosh,
1: that's so important. When I first started riding for people, that was a big worry of mine. But you just have to know that if people are asking you to ride these horses, it's because they know you're good. They have all Mm -hmm. the faith in you and they understand more than anyone that everyone makes mistakes. I mean, like I said, Saturday night was such a highlight for me that I've had so many more bad days than I've had good days like that. And everyone makes mistakes. I mean, that's what the sport is. Like we said, it wouldn't be this if we didn't. So you just have to trust yourself. You have to trust your instincts and you have Mm -hmm. to trust the horse. Your trainer wouldn't have you on a horse that she didn't think was good. So it'll be great.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that is something that sometimes is quite a transition for folks going into collegiate like team riding. Like I know you're committed to, uh, South Carolina, correct? Yes, yeah, Thank you. Yay, so congrats. That's so awesome. All. Yeah. So yeah. I, I work, I have a fair number of clients that I work with who are coming off of, you know, maybe they've owned like one or two horses and been consistently competing with them and then they go get on a team and it's quite different. And it, and it seems like your catch riding is, is going to serve you in that sense when you, when you go, to school how do you feel about that oh my gosh it's so exciting
1: i mean i have no clue really what it will be like i just mm-hmm. know i'm excited but i do think it will be beneficial that i've been able to ride all these different horses and i'm very used to it and mm-hmm. i don't know i just think it's exciting it'll be nice
2: yeah yeah it'll be a, it's it's fun to have the concept of team in it, right in a sense versus oh my gosh,
1: absolutely.
2: But you especially do now. With how much I said I love my
1: friends and family. I've already got so many friends at South Carolina. I'm just so excited to work as a union to like yeah
2: it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. 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 And what about so walk us through a little bit of your experience in the spectacular? I know it's something people watch. It's so awesome. It's live streams. So many people are able to see it and support hunter sport in this country which is just amazing and taken like such great turns in the last probably five eight years with all the different derbies and and that class like right yeah so walk us through kind of how you prepared for that class and something that you looked forward to it sounds like for a long time what was what was it like absolutely well first
1: like you said it's so exciting that the hunters are getting Appreciation, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. I feel like for so many times, for so long, everyone likes the hunters and they think they're cool and fun, but I feel like no one really gets interested by them. And so I think it's Mm -hmm. so exciting. It was amazing to have all those people cheering you on and be under the lights And, you know, every Saturday night we watch the five star Grand Prix, the four star Grand Prix, which is incredible, but it was so nice for once for them to highlight the hunters and even small things that. Um, happened during the year, big derbies. I just think it's exciting that our sport is appreciating the hunters more. I think it's amazing. But on Saturday, I thought there was really no way to explain it. I was so excited just to be in the class. I had no hopes. I had no intentions of being third. I knew BB could do it. He's, oh my God, he's incredible. But I really, I didn't know. It was Right. It was luck. And sometimes that comes into it too. I mean, <laughs> he's so amazing. And the stars just lined up. He was the most calm horse and it was just amazing.
2: How did you handle if Did you feel nervous? At all? Or <laughs> Not was- as much as I should <laughs> have, because like I said, I mean,
1: I just, I have so much trust in kind of blue and, and nice. Brady and Emily and Ken and everyone that helped me and the whole team. It's, he did the class the year before, which I oh. was lucky. And I, I just mm. knew that he could do it. So I should have been more
2: nervous, but I was only nervous for myself, not him. <laughs> yeah. I knew he wouldn't put a foot wrong. Right, right. Did you watch the video of him from the year before?
1: Yes, of course.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you he got was so s- good
1: the year before. He got a good ribbon. So it's just so exciting to be able to even ride him. I feel so lucky.
2: How do you handle it, the situation like in the warm-up ring? There you are with, you know, top professionals and, you know, all these people that have been doing the class for so long, how do you keep focused on yourself in that kind of setting? Yeah,
1: that was, was almost the most stressful for me was the schooling ring. Schooling mm-hmm. with so, oh my gosh, so many of my icons who I've looked up to since I was young and continue to look up to Tori, Amanda, Scott, Liza. It was, it was unbelievable to be showing in that company. Um, so the schooling ring was the most nerve wracking part, but I just had to stay focused and stay in my zone and,
2: we had our one
1: jump, and we had a specific um, plan going into the second round, so mm-hmm. it just all worked out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you walk both tracks before the class starts, correct? Yes, with Brady and Emily, mm-hmm. and we had a very specific plan, and Brady's always so organized, and Alvin, Bebe's groom, everything was just so planned
2: out. It was so nice. That's really nice. That allows you to kind of just – do your thing right you're right
1: that's that's what's so important in the riding is
2: sometimes you just have to
1: know when you need to focus and they had it perfectly planned for me to just focus on what I needed to
2: do as a rider which was nice right right because that I mean like we said we were just talking about being on a university team but always you're on a team right everyone has their role whether it's you know someone who's grooming or someone who's training or support people like all around you yeah
1: and that's why, like I said, I feel so lucky to be a um, working student at Ashland Farms because I already feel that I'm on a team. Like, mm. we're all family. It's like, if I can't win the class, I want all the other kids from our farm to win the class, you know, and then my friends. So it's just, that's, I'm so oh, yeah. excited to move on to another team. Yeah, um, It'll be exciting. Yeah.
2: yeah. No, awesome. And will you continue? Tell me what the, the rest of your your looks like and and what you're really sort of gearing toward. Are you already visualizing medal finals and all that kind of thing?
1: Yes, that would, I would say, I'm not really exactly sure um, of our summer plans, but I think my next goal now is to come back for the George Morris week 11. Yeah. Um, I'd like to have a, I'm qualified for that. I'm not sure who I'll ride yet, but I'd like to have a consistent round. It'll be my first year doing it. And, um, my goal is to come back so
2: oh great that's exciting yay and how are you handling yeah of course the right right yeah I think we mentioned and I know it's your it's your final junior year and sort of how to be able to put that in perspective and have it be an exciting experience versus a pressure-filled oh my gosh all these things have to happen how do you handle That that
1: absolutely and that's what's hard is I've been doing this for so long so it is a little bittersweet to think that this is my last but as much as it's my last I talked to so many you know professionals that have done this for so long and it is sad it's a happy ending but I just have to know I'll ride forever like for the rest of my life and I may not do equitation forever but the spectacular I will do again (laughs) I'll come down here for so many years to come hopefully so it's just
2: you have to know yeah. that
1: it's the end, That it's not really the end. And I just
2: want to, I can't think about the pressure. I just want to end how it started. <laughs> right, right, right. And just enjoy. Absolutely. It sounds like you have a, a wonderful amount of people rooting for you and supporting you. And, and gosh, it, you have a lot of fans. So that's, oh, that's a fantastic feeling too, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll be cheering for you and. And rooting you on uh, from afar. And hopefully we'll get to meet someday. But thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today.
0: Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of Young Black Equestrians, the podcast. And thanks again, Jess, for sending us this audio so that we can share it with our audience. If you guys have any questions, feel free to shoot them to us. We will get them to the People who run the podcast. <laughs> anyway, like always, subscribe, like, share, comment, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And we will see you guys in the next episode.